I'm Gavin Crawford, and you're listening to Canada Out of the Closet. Well, hello there, and welcome to another episode of Canada Out of the Closet. My name is Travis Bozer, and with me, as he always is, is my good friend, Mr. John Witten. Say hello to the folks, John. Nice to be with you, folks. You know, you're just the more episodes we do, the more you like to rebel against what I ask you to do, don't you? I'm a contrarian at heart. <laughs> well, John, we have uh, another CBC personality joining us today. And uh, I think the cat's out of the bag for me that I just love the CBC. And so I was really happy to have uh, somebody else join us. And we are going after the entire cast, it looks like, of Because News, because we had uh, Martha Chavez, of course, a couple weeks ago. And uh, today, the host of Because News, Gavin Crawford, is going to be joining us for our conversation. Yeah, I'm excited about this too, Travis. And, uh, but I'm also excited when we have a regular guest who is not famous. And I think that's, uh, a kind of a cool aspect of our show that we, we have had people who are household names and we've had people that you have never met before. And it's very interesting to see that there are some, uh, some real common touch points in their story. It is interesting. And I think it really speaks to, um, you know that there, I, I, all of our stories that we've shared are, are different, but so similar in so many ways too. And and it doesn't matter what walk of life you are, or what career you're in, or what you know how much people know you before you talk about it. It it all boils down to the same, um, same kind of trajectory. I think in a lot of ways, um, and yet in sometimes it's completely different as well. So it, it's it's a really neat thing. And um, I, Gavin has such an interesting story. And I think it's really neat too, that, I mean, we live in Medicine Hat and we record for Medicine Hat and, um, and Gavin grew up just down the road in Tabor and uh, in Lethbridge. And, um, so it's uh, some familiarity, I think as well, that we'll have to talk to him about. So, uh, why don't we just jump right in with Gavin Crawford? Well, any CBC fanatic like myself will be familiar with today's guest on the show. Gavin Crawford is known to audiences from his work on This Hour Has 22 Minutes and, of course, his current gig as host of the CBC radio show Because News. But his story begins not far from where John and I both live here in southern Alberta, and today he's here to talk to us about his own story. Welcome to the show, Gavin. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, so we uh, we start every show with the same question, and I'm going to pose that question to you, and it's maybe a little bit loaded at times, but uh, we get some good answers. And that is, when did you come out? Uh, I Well, thanks. I haven't. So, oh. nah. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> surprise. Well, this is awkward. Uh, I didn't. <laughs> yeah. And show. No. Uh, I came out late. I came out late, I think, uh, or late, I suppose, for these days. I was, um, mm -hmm. I actually don't remember how old I was. I was in my third year of university uh, at okay. UBC. So I think I was maybe, how old are you when you're in your third year of university? 21 20, or 22. 21, maybe. something there. Yeah, yeah, I think it was yeah. 20, 21 or 22, uh, somewhere around there. And uh, I'm sure it's the same as everyone says, like, you know, I kind of always knew, but I, you know, it, when I grew up in the time when that wasn't really a possible, and I grew up, you know, in Mormon as well. So it was sort of, you know, I may as well have tried to breathe in space. 
<laughs> rather than be gay. Like it just was not a possibility. Like I had relatives say, uh, you know, look, I know you're going off to theater school. There are going to be people that are going to try to tell you that you're something that you're not. Don't listen to them. You know, and it was yeah. sort of like, it was kind of a de facto thing. Like, I mean, in, La in, well, you're in Tabor and then in Lethbridge, but you know, you basically were made to feel that you should, you couldn't be gay or you would have to kill yourself. Like that's was, yeah. it was sort of like, it sounds depressing now when I say it out loud, but it was really that severe. Like there wasn't, it was the reality. It's not, it was not an option. So I fought it very hard. Um, I fought actually being actually gay very hard, although I did very gay things for my entire life and childhood, <laughs> uh, except for sex. But other than that, uh, everything else, dancing, yeah. singing, costumes, drag, whatever, I did it. I just was real straight about it, I guess. And then, uh, you know, finally in university, I think what happened was I... Well, okay, here's two... It's twofold. This is the twofold process, which is that when I got to university, uh, I would occasionally, and I didn't drink uh, or anything. Um, I didn't even drink coffee when I went to university. And, mm -hmm. but occasionally late at night, I would drive down to the, what's it called? Now I don't remember what it's called in Vancouver, the downtown. I'll just say the downtown is it mm -hmm. the West End, uh, like Davy Street, where all the gay bars were. But I would I would drive like very far from the university campus and buy like go to some CD store, buy some gay porno magazines, take them back to my dorm, write a book report on them, uh, <laughs> you know, or whatever euphemism you want to use, and then literally throw them down the garbage chute. Like, throw them okay. down the garbage chute, not keep them, not keep them in my room, not keep them in my bed, and then just wake up the next morning and be like, nope, 100% <laughs> not gay. Yeah. So that wasn't for fear of being discovered. That was for personal reasons that you needed to excise this material from your life. I just think if I had it around, I would have known and I would have had to do something about it. I don't know. We were sitting around once in third year university. And I lived in a house with a bunch of girls. And... uh we were having a party and we were sitting around and my friend, Lara Sadiq, uh, who, uh, I think we were playing a game. Like what's your, what are, what is the thing that you're most the scared of? And, you know, people were like, Oh, spiders or whatever. And it got to me. And I just, for some reason I was like, I'm the thing that I'm most scared out of is that I'm, I'm, I'm gay. And then I was like, well, that came out, out loud. And then I got up. I walked out of the house. <laughs> very storm and drang. I walked down to the beach and threw up on the beach. And then pounded my fists on the beach for a while. Uh, mostly because I was mad. Because I was like, great. All the neighbors and everyone in Lethbridge that all ever teased me about being gay was right. And I didn't want them to be right. That what I was the most mad about. I didn't want them to have the smug satisfaction, uh, that I actually was the thing that they had always called me. Uh, and then I went home and then I called my mom uh, and I was like, mom, I'm gay. And she's like, you haven't even tried it yet. <laughs> <laughs> so you talk about, um, 
you know, thinking about the folks back home and that they're right. And like, I'm wondering, is that when you've said that, is that the first time that you've been able to admit in any kind of, you know, way, shape or form that you're gay? Yeah. I mean, I think that was the first time I could like, my brain could art. I mean, I, you know, like, I just know, but I wasn't, I was just like, it doesn't matter. It literally was like this. It's like that song from book of Mormon where they do turn it off like a light switch. You know what I mean? Like we're like, yeah. you know, oh. take the part that's gray, gay, take the part that's gray, put it in a box, find that box and crush it. <laughs> yeah. That's literally what, but that's not like nothing in that song is a parody. That's exactly what they yeah. tell you to do. And that's exactly what I did. So what happened was, you know, I just, I opened the box and then yeah. I never wanted to shut the box again. Uh, because yeah, I mean, growing up, you know, I, like, I'm the kind of kid that used to, like, grab my mom's prom dress and go spin around in the coolies, like, playing the Sound of Music opening. Like, there was no question. But no one ever asked that question. All everyone did was recognize it, see it, and try to tamp it down. Mm-hmm. I have so many questions. I'm going to throw two your way, and you can choose which one you go after. So admitting to yourself essentially happened at the same time as coming out to others. And then the other question is, when you say you never wanted to put it back in the box, did you feel this huge weight lifted off your shoulders at this point? Oh, yeah, it was immense, immense and immediate and completely scary, but also fine. Like I said, I phoned my mom five minutes later and I was like, Mom, I'm gay. And she was like, what? You don't you don't know that. And I'm like, I really do. And then she was literally like, well, try it and get back to me. Uh, so I was like fine Uh, you know so then uh, I don't think anything really happened other than that I was like I admitted it it was fine Uh, and then we were doing I think in the summer that summer we were doing cabaret at Summerstock and I was the MC and then my friend Barb was like come you have to come to this gay bar and I was like, no, I can't. But it was a country and western line dancing bar in Vancouver. So I went to gay line dancing. Uh, and then it sort of blew my mind. And I was talking to this um, uh, handsome older guy. And then he came to see Cabaret like a week later. Uh, and then we were like doing typical university student things. Like, he's in the audience. <laughs> Go talk to him afterwards. Uh, and then, yeah. And then afterwards we went... Uh, out for a drink, I think, because uh, I think by then I had had a drink, and then um, then we went walking down. We were walking along the beach, uh, and then we made out on the beach for a while, which was very exciting because uh, <laughs> I had never um, kissed a dude before, and I was like, yeah, twenty one, and so that was very exciting. Then we were walking along the seawall walk. We were holding hands, and then I remember very distinctly we passed like a bench, and there was like a straight couple making out on the bench. And then he let go of my hand, and then I got really mad, and I grabbed his hand back. And he's like, "Well, you know, I don't want to upset them." And I'm like, "I don't care. Like this, this is taking 21 years. I'm not letting go of your hand. They can let them be <laughs> upset. I do not care." Yeah. Uh, and then pretty much after that, that's the entire way I've lift <laughs> and how long was that after the evening you described where you went down to the beach and threw up <laughs> maybe like a month and a half two months maybe like not immediate 
Right. Back to the question about um, admitting it to yourself and coming out basically at the same moment. Was that you outing yourself basically? Or as you look back on that, how do you perceive that? Um, I just feel like I just was tired of, I don't know. I just was tired of pretending. I mean, that's the weird thing. It's like coming out. What is coming out? Like I knew, I mean, I knew, but I couldn't mentally know or I would do something about it. So I had to mentally not know. So I guess it was just, it was just the decision to be like, I'm just being this. Can we go back to that conversation with your mother that night? Like you characterize it as being funny and short, but was it, was there more to it than that? And was it only your mother? Oh yeah. I only told my mom. I didn't tell my dad, but then my mom, mom was like, don't tell your father. Uh, but I think that that's partly just because she wanted a secret to hold over him. I think she mostly just wanted something that she could like wait till they were in a big fight and be like, you don't even know your son is gay. Because <laughs> uh, when I told my dad, eventually he's like, are you happy? And I'm like, yeah. And he's like, okay, good. <laughs> like it was literally was fine. It. He yeah, didn't care. Yeah. I mean, obviously, again, it's one of those things that like, I don't know, like you, you just... You don't know, but you have a, you, you can get a real rough idea. Mm-hmm. Like I but can map me. on wh- which of my nieces and nephews I think are going to fall on what spectrum, uh, you know, and maybe I'll be surprised and maybe I won't, but like, there's yeah. like, you know, and I don't, I'm the nice thing is everyone, we're now at a place where everyone's like, whatever way it falls. Excellent. Yeah. What are you, <laughs> you know, which is a nice place to get to instead of like, panic worry Mm -hmm. i think this is gonna happen what if it does but telling your parents wasn't a a great huge momentous deal in your life i mean it was it wasn't nothing but it was um i guess the thing was telling myself was the huge momentous deal that made me puke and all of that and after that it didn't matter because, well, I, oh, this is so terrible. I'm trying to be funny and everything. Like, I'm not trying to be funny, but it's like, <laughs> it seems funny to me in retrospect, but it's so sad now. Like, you know, um, but it's like, you were taught that you would lose every single person that you loved. Like you were told that by the people that you love, like we are sorry, but we can't love you if you're gay. Like, so I think the, what the puking and the pounding on the beach is about is that I just had reached the point where I would rather be gay than have anyone that I loved in my life anymore and not be gay. And so calling them and telling them wasn't a big deal because it's a relief if they're like fine about it. But I was already prepared for everyone to be like, oh, that's too bad. We can never talk to you again. I I find that so interesting. And I wonder if that's the difference between like we've had a lot of guests on who grew up. uh, I mean, myself, I grew up Catholic and then we've had guests that grew up in the evangelical world and like all these different forms of Christianity. and there's it's more of a i find for them generally it seems to be more of like an external struggle but it almost sounds like the mormon church really makes you have that internally and it feels different than somebody from like the evangelical world and i wonder if that's the way the mormon church influences 
the struggle differently. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Well, the weird thing is, is like, I think there's a weird thing in the more absurd where you technically you can be gay, but you just can't act on it or something like that. But I mean, that wasn't really an option in my, yeah. like, it just, yeah, I mean, and we're talking, this is like, you know, I grew up in the 80s and, mm-hmm. you know, there was, there was no, there was nothing. Like it was freaks on Oprah that were portrayed as freaks. And that's all you saw. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, the gay neighbor who was a ridiculous sidekick and then was killed. Um, So it just wasn't... Yeah, it wasn't really hard to to tell my parents because I just was already beyond the point. I was like, they'll either still love me or they won't. And there's nothing I can do about it. And I think I was like beyond the point of caring. Also, I'm kind of just a... I just do whatever... (laughs) I just kind of do what I do anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, I was already like in theater school, um, not being a doctor. So, you know, so I, I, how much <laughs> more disappointing could I get possibly? <laughs> so I want to talk a little bit about, uh, like you went to theater school and then you obviously ended up uh, doing 22 minutes and you have because news now. So when you started out, you know, kind of in that industry was, how did being gay affect that? Were, were you guarded about it? Were you worried about people finding out about it and changing things for you? Or was it something you were pretty open about right from the get-go? Uh, again, I was pretty open about it, right? Yeah. Kind of from day one. Like, once I said to myself that night, like, I'm gay, then I had no problem. and no desire mm-hmm. to hide it. And also I was mad because I had to let go of that guy's hand and I didn't want to. And mm-hmm. so I I just decided, I think I just decided then, possibly foolishly, that I, I didn't want any kid to feel like what I felt that night. I didn't want any kid, I'm like, if I get to be an actor and someone sees me in things or someone meets me, uh, yeah, like I don't want them to feel that uh, how I felt. That they're that they're the only person in the world that everyone will stop loving them that they're alone, mm-hmm. and so I just decided then that I just would be really upfront about it, and so almost like I kind of wore it like a like armor in a weird way, like where I'm just like, well, too bad I'm gay. So mm-hmm. uh, I didn't really think about how it was going to affect my work or anything also i was like in university like you know and in, in theater school i wasn't really thinking like you know you think like oh maybe i'll be an actor but it, it doesn't you know seem tangible or possible yeah even really anyways but then you know when i first got to toronto and in second city i i got in the master class and i had been doing stand-up but yeah, I mean, and it was a bit rough at the beginning. You know, you'd get weird intros where people would be like, and you're never going to believe your next comedian. He's gay. <laughs> and you're like, that's really not germane to, I'm doing character comedy. It doesn't really yeah. matter. But, uh, but you know, that's the way they would get, you'd get introduced. And so, uh, but for me, I, I, partly because I was doing character comedy, it didn't really matters too much because you're playing a character. So um, I would do character monologues and like stand-up clubs and stuff like that. So uh, it wasn't too big of a deal. 
Uh, and then at Second City, it was fine. Sometimes you'd have to, like, you know, fight a few things. And, you know, the all the times in the crowd, we were like, could we get a relationship? And they're like, gay lovers! <laughs> it was like a big... Yeah. But then I made a deal with my friend Doug Morenci where I'm like, if they do that, let's just start every scene. We'll just start like, honey, I'm home. And then start making out Uh, because it would immediately, it would immediately get a laugh because they'd be like, good lovers. And then you'd start kissing. And then I was like, Doug, let's just not stop kissing until it gets really uncomfortable for <laughs> We'll show that. And so we would all, we, every time they did that in improv, we would just start the scene, start making out, and then keep making out until they were like, do something! <laughs> and then we would carry on and do like a funny scene. You said uh, you, you don't want, you didn't want any other kid to go through what you had been through. And now as you've become more and more famous, have you felt that as an added pressure? in your career? Um, I mean, not a pressure. No, but I've felt the nice benefits of it. Uh, you know, I've gotten very nice letters over the years from kids or parents or just meeting, you know, often <laughs> back in the Gavin Crawford show days, I often would meet someone at Le Chateau uh, a worker at Le Chateau who would be like, oh my God, I love your TV show. And I can't believe like you're gay on it. It was, gives me so much hope. <laughs> like, thank you or whatever. Um, you know, my parents would be like, you know, you can't do this. And then I'm like, well, what about that guy? He has a TV show. And <laughs> so it, in a weird way, uh, sort of worked. I mean, I don't know. Could I, uh, there's possible things where I think, well, could I probably, be more famous or had more work, especially in America, if I hadn't been so out, possibly, but I don't really, I don't know, the trade-off was worth it, mm-hmm. if it was even a trade-off. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I get, I feel happy that there are, I mean, now it's less, but partly that's because of people who did that. <laughs> Um, you know, like, but back in the nineties and, and well, mostly early two thousands when I had like a, a media presence, uh, people would, I would get letters from a parent who was like, you know, my son told me he was gay and I was really struggling. And I looked, I, I, I thought about you and you say this and, uh, you know, I know you're okay. So that makes me feel better. Um, so that, yeah. Was that's kind of was the aim a little bit, and also just not mm-hmm. to feel ashamed of myself about that, which I just was like, I'm not doing that anymore after 21, and I just don't, yeah. And I mean, if I can, if I can, uh, I don't know, maybe boost your ego a little bit, but like for me as a kid, <laughs> you don't need to, I was. <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'd like to apologize to anyone else around you right now for what's <laughs> No, but I mean, for me as a kid that, you know, I was kind of just discovering who I was identity wise about the same time that you were on 22 Minutes. And I remember watching, and I don't even remember that there was like anything specific that was like gay themed skits or anything like that. But I just remember watching it and having that like, oh, he's gay. 
And look where he is. And he's from Southern Alberta, which is right down the road from me. I grew up in just across the border in Saskatchewan, but like, um, and that was like the first, one of the first times for me that I saw it. And I, and because everyone watched 22 minutes and everyone talked about it, I was like, Oh, like, that's not a, that's not an issue. People don't care. So maybe they're not going to care, you know? So that was, um, I just, I had to say that, 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 uh, I'm really glad that you had that approach from the get-go because it, it made a difference, I know, in my life, and it probably made a difference in a lot of people's lives. Um, you know, going being able to watch somebody that did it that way. So uh that's my little ego booster for the moment. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just about hope, right? Like everyone needs yeah. to have some hope. And, you know, I mean, you know, what gives different things give gave us all different hopes at different periods but like you know exactly it's one of the reasons why everyone's like you know it's it's like why gays like judy garland and those crazy divas and all that because it's like (laughs) at the time when we couldn't see any representation of ourselves we we found hope in these kind of like tragic (laughs) women that were like you know being put through like horrible diet things and all that like their stories that's where we found our hope because we're like oh they're overcoming that i can overcome this yeah so you know it's about finding hope and it's so different now because i mean i guess even in 22 like it's not that i was like out there being like like i'm just me i'm doing sketch characters and stuff but i would just never shy away if someone would ask uh like everything i do doesn't have to be like this is gay but Mm -hmm. i just want to i just don't want to be like um, I don't want people to be able to straight wash me if they, if they want to. Like, we get letters at Because News sometimes. I'm like, why do you have to mention you're gay all the time? Like, it doesn't matter. And I'm like, well, unfortunately for some kids, it still does. So yeah. uh, as soon as it doesn't, I'll stop. But you wrote this letter, which means it does. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's literally what I always reply. I'm like, because I, I do it because you're still writing this kind of letter. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if it, if it didn't upset you, you wouldn't write a letter, and then I wouldn't say it because it wouldn't. It truly wouldn't matter. Well, that's the same thing. I mean, we're John and I are both educators, and people are always going on about, you know, why do we talk about this in the classroom, and why do? And it's the same response: is you're <laughs> you're asking us. That's that's legitimately why we talk to kids and make sure they know they have a safe place to to be who they are, right? So, but it's also that thing that's so infuriating. So they're like, why do you have to shove it in our faces? And oh, like, because if we literally don't, you will sweep it under the carpet so fast and rewrite my entire history and career. If I went for two years without saying that I was gay on something, I'm sure my entire Wikipedia would be rewritten by somebody. Yeah, they would no <laughs> longer be there. People are so eager to be like, yeah, but you know what? It doesn't matter. You don't even need to talk about that. No one needs to know. Yeah. Like, they're so ready. Yeah. And then, and to be honest, like, I wish we lived in a world where it didn't matter, but that's not the case, right? Like, we, it does matter, and we need that representation, and because we haven't had it for... I mean, it's it's very recent when you look at, in the history, where we see positive things out there. So, um, yeah, it's... I, and that's why we're doing this podcast too. Is yeah, I was we gonna, want people right. to hear these so, stories, right? <laughs> am I being and, too vehement about it? I'm too vehement. No, it's you fine. should hear me all the time. I'm like, it, it's very hard for me not to lecture on this thing. Like, I have a platform, I have a soapbox, and I will stand on it. But like, it's very hard not to just like to get the megaphone and start lecturing. Well, that's the thing. Like, I don't want some kid to be 15 years old and be like, uh, 
I don't know what to do, so I'm going to walk into the ocean and stay there, because otherwise no one will love me. And that happens, still. So, F that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Sorry. No. Gavin, you talk about the importance of that hope and inspiration. Uh, So if we go back to your story in Vancouver in those early days of you being out, was there anyone in particular that was helpful in your adjustment to this new life of yours as a gay man? Uh, Oh yeah. uh, So, so many people Uh, immediately. My friend Barb, (laughs) who was the costume designer for cabaret for taking me to the gay bar in the first place. Uh, And then, um, you know, some of the teachers were some of the profs teachers. I said, it's profs. (laughs) Some of the professors were pretty good about it at UBC. Not all of them. Uh, I can't remember names very well, so now I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> like, the names of people. Uh, but yeah, there was a community of people that would were very helpful. Like, they would seek you out and be like, look, this is okay. It's going to be okay. And Peter, what is... There's a playwright named Peter, and I, his last game, name is escaping me, uh, which is terrible on this podcast. <laughs> um, Weiss, Peter Weiss. Uh, but he was a playwright, and he was very helpful to me. And his, uh, his, he was a gay playwright, uh, and his wife, Kate Weiss, was my acting teacher. Uh, but they were married, but uh, he still was gay. And uh, that was just, they were helpful just in terms of like, we've just set our own relationship and we have a kid and this is what we do and, and it works and this is how we do it. And that was interesting for me. So that was very helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, when I got to Toronto, um, there was a number of people that were super helpful. Uh, Sky Gilbert uh, was very helpful to me just in terms of, uh, you know, having made a space where you could, um, you know, do gay plays and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. uh, just everyone at Bud- Buddies and Bad Times was a great thing for me. Christopher Newton was very helpful to me because when I went to my first Shaw audition and he's like, look, I can put you at the Shaw Festival and you can carry a spear for two years, but I don't think you'll be happy doing that because you don't seem like that type of person. Why don't you go down and audition for the general auditions at Buddies and Bad Times? Because I feel like you have your own stuff to say. And you're not going to be happy um, just saying Shaw stuff. Uh, And at the time I was like, whatever, you don't think I'm good enough? Fine. But then in (laughs) retrospect, I realized that that was actually a really huge favor because I did want to say my own thing and do my own stuff. And he kind of saw that and really steered me in the right direction, uh, which made a big difference. So I'm at the time I was so mad, but now I'm (laughs) I'm very thankful to him for that. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm glad you talked about when you got to Toronto and obviously that's where you are now. Um, and I just, I have, this is a, I mean, this is really a personal question for me, a personal interest question for me more than anything, but like I have lived my whole life in rural Saskatchewan and small town, Alberta now and medicine hats a city I use in air quotes, but I mean, it's a small town still. And, uh, and I, I find, and I, and I will admit, and I, uh, I sometimes maybe don't give it the rep that it deserves because I will shit on, you know, that it's so not progressive here. And so, and there are people that are progressive here, but 
uh, my fiance is from Southern Ontario. So we spend a lot of time in the GTA and, um, his family's from Windsor down in there. So we are there a lot too, but I always find when we're there, <laughs> it's like I let my guard down and I feel like, like it's easier to be gay there for some weird reason. But like, is, as someone who's lived here and lived there and, and in Vancouver as well, I mean, do you, is my assessment accurate is what I'm asking? <laughs> well, I don't know for sure because I've never, well, I guess I've been gay in Calgary, uh, but I hadn't, you know, I was never out when I, or, oh, or I even actively yeah. gay for any time that I actually lived in Southern Alberta. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I don't, uh, I think it's better there than it used to be a little bit, but. Well, that was my next um, question is, I mean, as like, you still have a lot of family here and stuff. Like, do you think that it, how has it changed here? Cause I only experience it now and i have opinions but like i think it has to have gotten better <laughs> well i mean first of all there's apps yeah uh so you can actually just go online and be like oh there's 50 gay people in this uh town yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know which is that's uh surprising like sometimes mm-hmm. i use those apps just to like go to small towns and like just actually just talk to people like that's mostly what it is where i'm just like because i have my own face and they're like hey are you from whatever and i'm like yeah "Yeah." but you know otherwise it's a nice way like you can actually meet like gay people your age or not your age or whatever just like in a town which is startling to me when i go back to lethbridge and i can like look on my phone and be like oh wow there's a lot more gay people here than i thought (laughs) Yeah. Uh, which is amazing. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's um, I mean, honestly, Alberta has never been uh, bad for me once I came out. But um, but then I'm only usually in Calgary and like doing a play or something uh, mm-hmm. for a couple months stretches at a time. Uh, but I mean, Halifax is the only place that, you know, where I've really gotten like kind of harangued on the street. Mm. Like in Alberta, people don't drive by drive past me on the street and yell fag, but in Halifax they do. Really? Yeah. I find Halifax to be like the most like vocally homophobic, maybe just because it's a student town and everyone's drunker, but uh, Uh, I've only had bad experiences with that in Halifax. I haven't really had too many in Alberta. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just my experience. I mean, mm-hmm. someone did drive by once and just yelled nice boots also in Halifax. So it's a bit of a mishmash. <laughs> so it can go either way. You never know. Yeah, you never really know what you're going to get. I have to come back to the Book of Mormon because I love that show so much. Um, is 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 there something about that show that, I mean, beyond it being hilarious, that is really important in your view? And and by extension, are there other shows that you would uh, you would recommend that people take in to give them a different perspective on this whole issue? I mean, perspective on what? It depends. Um, yeah, I mean, Book of Mormon, I just love because it's just, I just like, it, it's a really, it's just a really good satire because it it's, you know, it's kicking up it's and it also just the sort of way that they were able to like sort of make use that mormon church as a thing but also just at the end of it it's 
it's kind of just all religion. Like religion is what, what you believe, what helps you through. That's the good part. And then there's all the other bad parts. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, certainly so. not just about the Mormon church. Yeah. No, but I mean, it's so it's, you know, that kind of stuff that really resonated me with me. And also and also just the, the turn it off because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I went for my mission interview and they were like, you know, and I'm like, no, I'm going to university. And they were like, why? And I'm like, I can't sell this door to door. I'm like, I don't it's not something I don't have enough confidence in this that I could go door to door and sell it. And so I'm not going to do that. But um, I don't know, like what other shows um, you've been involved in so much theater. I just wonder with your experience, uh, your unique experience, if there was a particular piece that has struck you as really relevant to your life. Um, I mean, to my life, uh, I don't know. It's so hard. There's so many things that I, uh, like and, and watch over the years. I'm trying to think plays like it's different. I'm interested I'm really interested now in the time where we're moving beyond coming out plays and coming out movies. Uh, because we're not there yet. We still, we still don't have any like adult gay relationship shows or mm -hmm. leads or, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, it's still stuck a little bit on coming out. Or yeah. coming out or dying of AIDS. Those are the those are the two things that we have. So, you know, I I enjoy anything that um, it sort of moves beyond that. What about call? What was it? Call me by my name. Was that the? Call me by your name. Call me by your name. Is that what it was? Oh yeah, call me by your name. I mean, again, it was like a weird. Call me by your name is a weird thing because Army Hammer is weird and too old. <laughs> Like, if you read the book, he's supposed to be, like, 24. He looks like he's 48. Yeah. Like, so there's, like, a whole weird element to it. And then, like, in the next book, at the end, the guy turns out, like, not to be gay anyways. I don't know. It's very com – it's, com it's okay. complicated for me. Uh, yeah. Beautiful – I much prefer Beautiful Thing. Uh, you know, Beautiful Thing is great. Uh, it's a British movie. That's a really nice uh, – if you've never seen it, check it out. It's, like uh, – it was started out as a play and then it, um, yeah, they made a movie of it. It's got a lot of mamas and papas soundtrack in it, but it's very good. Uh, what did I just watch? Everybody, everybody's talking about Jamie, uh, which oh. just came on Netflix, which is pretty great also, which was like about the kid that wanted, was wanted to be a drag queen and mm -hmm. wear drag to prom, uh, you know, but we're still, that's where we're stuck. We're still, we're still, we're still at like, I want to bring a date to prom. Well, and I think even I had to admit, like, I was part of the problem, I think, because I recently read a book where it was not about coming out. Like, all the kids were either straight or gay or non-binary or whatever. Like, this high school just existed where they didn't have to define who they were. And the characters would be talking about dating this person and dating. And I was like, the first few chapters, I was like, why is there no labels here? Like, I need to know <laughs> what you are and what you... And then as I kept reading, I was like, why did I think that? Like... <laughs> This this story's really good. Like I could have just been into the story and not worried about that. Yeah, I just read a book called The House on the Cerulean Sea, I think, which is like kind of a YA book, but uh, but it's about like it's about this guy that goes to audit like a house for like exceptional children where they all have powers. Like one of them is literally the Antichrist. And um but they're like kids and 
but it's interesting because the character in that is just incidentally gay. Mm-hmm. Like they don't really make a big deal about it. It's like not a coming out thing. He just is sort of like the lead character just is gay in it, but that's not really the plot of the book. There's a mm-hmm. bit of like a romance plot in it, but it's not, um, it's not what the book is about. Him struggling to come to terms with his sexuality is not what the book is about. And I really yeah. like that. So, I mean, that's where I, that's the direction I am hoping to see more of. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, we are approaching the end of our time together. And uh, the way that we generally end this is John and I each like to share kind of our big takeaways from our conversation. And then we will throw the last word to you uh, after that. Uh, and uh, John, why don't you go first today? I was really struck today by um, Gavin, when you said it, it's so funny, but it's so sad, or I'm trying to be f- funny about it because it is funny but it's so sad and it it really is that that uh contrast really hit me today uh, that that you've had to go through this but at the same time i i really admire that you treat it with humor not not self-deprecating humor just you know well this is part of life and we need to laugh a little bit at that i think voltaire had a great quote about that uh, that that's what hit me today. You know, I you, you literally just stole my takeaway, and Excellent. and then you threw like a Voltaire quote in there too. To I didn't just actually because really, like, I couldn't remember it. So, I'll see if it'll come back. Yeah. So now I have to. I got it. I got it. Life is a shipwreck, but we must sing in the lifeboats. And I didn't even have to look that one up. <laughs> Are you feeling proud that you just could remember it right now and show me up even more? Is that what's happening? You go ahead with your takeaway now, Travis. (laughs) Yeah. Well, my takeaway is going to be much lighter now (laughs) because I'll go with option number two, I guess. Uh, You know, I had a good uh, internal chuckle because you're trying not to laugh too much into the mic. Uh, When you were talking about um, being a kid and, uh, you know, we're not so good at hiding being gay all the time. And (laughs) I like what you said about doing gay things just straightly. I, <laughs> I really like that. I, uh, it's funny. I mean, when you, when you come out and, and I, I thought I hit it so well. And then I came out and people were like, okay, <laughs> like we're aware we knew. And then I'd look back on what I was doing as a kid and I was like, oh yeah, like, you know, I was staying at home on Saturday night and watching Golden Girls. And, uh, like that probably could have been a, <laughs> That's probably a big clue. And like, you know, like just stuff like that, that I'm like, I, in my mind, I was doing this all straightly and in secret and all these things, but people, people caught on. And so, uh, I really had a good chuckle at that. And that's going to be my takeaway today because John stole the heavy, profound, deep one. So that'll teach you to let me go first. I know. Right. (laughs) I mean, that's the thing. Kids do what they do. When I was in, when I was not maybe nine, no, less than nine, like eight. I made a club with my two friends and we called ourselves the thoroughly modern Millie <laughs> because I loved that movie. That was my gang. What chance did I have? Oh, I was turning the, out straight. See, I didn't have any other kids to talk about like that, but I mean, I would watch golden girls and then I'd be sitting there like wanting to talk about Valerie Harper's performances, Rhoda. And like all the other kids were like, yeah, we watched, uh, we watched WWE last night. And, uh, <laughs> 
and I'd just be like, "You're not my people. My time's coming in the future." <laughs> you'll find the you'll find the rotas, Travis. Yeah. Oh, always. <laughs> uh, so we're gonna throw the last question to you, and uh, it's kind of a big one, but we always ask, uh, "What is the one thing that you would want people to know about being gay in Canada?" Well, I mean, ten years ago, I would have said, "Move to a city." immediately moved to a city uh but now it's not so bad Mm -hmm. uh really the biggest thing about being gay in canada is you're lucky you're lucky (laughs) you're lucky yeah oh yeah this is uh germane to right now this is the biggest thing about being gay in canada specifically for my prairie friends prep doesn't protect against gonorrhea or syphilis I, we've never had a PSA before. I, I, I'm very happy about this. No, everybody's on prep and they're all doing stuff. And you're like, okay, yeah, there's the other ones. It's a huge it's problem in thing. the prairies right now. Yeah, it, it is actually. I shouldn't even laugh. You do not it. want that to fall off, gentlemen. Yeah, it's a very important part of... Uh... Check it out. Yeah. So you can take... P- that- Whichever you want to take, you can take. <laughs> take either one. <laughs> well, I think we'll take the PSA about the STD from the GTA. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, thank you so much, Gavin, for giving us uh, some, some of your time today and uh, opening up and sharing your story with us. Uh, we really appreciate it. And uh, we really just want to thank you as well, listener, for spending some time with us today. We're going to be back next week with uh, another story for you. And we look forward to talking to you again then. Take care. This has been Canada Out of the Closet. The show is produced and hosted by Travis Bozer and John Whitten. The creative consultant, Scott Blair. The theme song is Brighter Place by the Young Presidents. A special thank you today to our guest for bringing their special story to you. By the way, you'll find us both on Instagram and Facebook at Canada Out of the Closet, and that's all one word. If you have any questions or comments, reach out to us by email at CanadaOutOfTheCloset at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another Canadian living out of the closet. <laughs>